Hello and welcome to another episode of What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon and it's been a long time. (laughs) It's me, your homegirl, LaDosha Wright, your favorite, favorite, favorite indie author extraordinaire coming to you live and direct from Cleveland, Ohio, and welcome. I miss you guys so much. I've been busy, busy, busy. Um, So I'm back and I have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful topic to, you know, set the party off right. Uh, And so the topic today is about the state of Afro hair. So I hope you've been following me on YouTube and Facebook, and you will know that I've been interviewing the illustrious uh, ultimate black hair change agent, hair care change agent, Cheryl Morrow, who I have uh, personally turned uh, as uh, uh, unapologetically brilliant. So if you want to see and learn more about the discussion of Afro hair, please uh, check all four interviews that are available on my YouTube channel right now. And I promise you on everything I own, you will not be disappointed, okay? So before I get into the topic of the state of Afro hair, I'm going to go into my three current events as I usually do. The first one is going to be about the unfortunate deaths um, of the eight innocent lives lost during the Travis Scott performance. Now, let me just say this. I know y'all like, um, for real guys, I'm old, okay? I'm very old. Um, And I had no idea of who Travis Scott was. And he first came to my attention while I was on my Twitter feed promoting my interviews with Cheryl Morrow. And I saw a stampede and I was like, okay, I don't okay. So I turned to my colleague and I asked her, who's much younger? Uh, like, did she know who he was? She, she said, oh yeah, that's Travis Scott. That always happens at his stuff. And I'm like, well, well who's Travis Scott, you know? And, uh, but she, she had walked outside. So I Googled Travis Scott and that's not the face that I thought I was going to see just because of the name. Now I'm from the hood, y'all. I wasn't no Travis's when I was growing up, okay? So, um, I was like, oh, okay. So um, I think the next time I checked, that's when I discovered that some lives were lost. And I just was like, what? You know? And so as I looked into it and I read and I listened, and before I knew it, I was crying. Now, to those of you who don't know, I too, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, am in the club of parents. Uh, who have lost their young adult children. Now, I did not lose my son uh, to something like this, but a loss is a loss is a loss. And so because they were so young and because they were so innocent and because they just went to have fun, it just really touched my heart and it brought up memories of me losing my own child and my heart immediately went out to those parents. And I just really felt bad. Um, 
uh, today I listened to uh, a portion of some uh, an attorney, I believe, uh, 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 who's representing one of the the, the um, uh, victims who who were who lost their lives, and he talked about you know this uh, this tragic loss, and somewhere in his discussion he referred to. Uh, Travis Scott is a hip-hop artist, which leads me to my second current event topic. Um, so with all due respect to those who have lost their lives again, uh, my heart does go out to the families, their friends, their loved ones. Of course, um, much respect to the first responders and all those involved to help ensure that more lives were saved and not lost. Um, but him being referred to as a hip hop artist, um, I felt a need as a, as a as a, um, a hip hop connoisseur. I love hip hop. I was there as hip hop, you know, began to evolve into what it is um, <clears throat> um, today uh, as a as a cultural phenomenon. Uh, that there are four elements of hip hop, and I don't believe that this gentleman, Travis Scott. Um, deserves the title of a hip-hop artist. I'm just saying. Now, I'm not saying this because I think he's responsible for the death uh, of those uh, fans because I'm not an attorney. But personally, as a mama, he is somewhat responsible because he's supposed to know his audience and he has a responsibility greater than to just himself. But that's a mama talking, okay? Um, so the four elements of hip-hop are DJ, MCing, rapping, rhyming, okay, graffiti art, as well as breakdancing, b-boy. Now, um, I did not see all of the performance uh, of him, um, but from what I saw, uh, I, I surely don't recall seeing on DJ. I'm most certainly, no, I guess he was rapping. Okay, I'll give him that. I don't know about no graffiti art. Now, I didn't see nobody on stage, nowhere in the audience, nothing in the, you know. Uh, for surely, he was definitely the only one on stage. So, there was definitely no breakdancing. So, he um, technically is not a hip-hop artist. He may be a rapper, but he's not a hip-hop artist. So, in the words of the Blast Master, KRS, which I hope y'all saw him and Big Daddy K on the verses. Oh, you know Big, you you, you know Big Daddy K was good, but KRS one he just brought the flavor. Okay, um, so uh, in the words of uh, KRS one, he always says, "Rap is something you do, hip hop is something you live." So with that being said, again, my heart does go out to those families. Uh, and their children. I know that some of them were in their 20s, but when you're a mom, um, 20 is still a child, and you know what your parents say, I don't care how old you get, you are still my baby. So those are um, people's babies. So my heart does go out to them. And then, like I said, um, Travis Scott is not, in my opinion, which are like cell phones, right, guys? Everybody has one. He is not a hip-hop artist. But I'm going to tell you who is the artist, Miss Ava DuVernay. I hope you guys have seen um, her Netflix series uh, with Colin Kaepernick, The Black and White. 
Now I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what y'all about to say. Oh, they went there. Okay, they went there, and here we go again. You know, trying to get approval from you know the colonizers. <laughs> you know, we trying to fit in, and and him comparing uh, a, a portion of the football, the NFL, you know, to slavery. It's just a slap in the face and and so on and so forth. So the answer is emphatically yes. We have to admit that these platforms such as Netflix, HBO, mainstream TV is not always the best place to get the narrative in its pure and unadulterated context. Um, but for those who just can't handle it, you know what I'm saying? If you can't handle, handle it, uh, then there's Netflix. If you want to come over to our side of the fence, then I highly suggest you hop on over to the Mossy Warrior Clans page on uh, YouTube or the Pseudo Killers or the Ivan Rasqua. Or, of course, you can check out the illustrious Dr. Oyama Ats page on YouTube as well as Asar M. Hotel. So if you want, if you can handle it, then you're going to go over to that side. If you can't, then you can listen to, uh, you can watch and listen to the likes of, you know, uh, information and, and entertainment coming from those platforms. So that's my position and I'm sticking to it. So I listen to both. I do not watch TV, but I do watch a little Netflix. So this one is um, Colin Kaepernick's Black and White. And so this is his account of his life leading up to him taking a knee. And so the reason why this is so befitting for the topic of the state of Afro hair is because it would be. Well, first let me say this spoiler alert. If you have not seen Black and White, this is a spoiler. A, a, a definite spoiler alert okay so now let me now I can go back into it um, so um, I, I was unaware that it would be his decision to cornrow wear his hair in cornrow braids um, that began you know his uh, understanding of himself um, as a young black man and the stigmas associated with all the imagery of what uh, a black person is or ain't in the good or bad context. And I found that shocking, um, but it was very validating because with my background as an outreach worker, uh, I would have to admit that it would be hair that um, led me into my career as a cosmetologist specializing in trichology and using that science to teach people uh, the three principles of hair care and hairstyling. And those are the right products, the right tools, and the right techniques, as well as the ability to understand their hair and care for it and style it themselves. Um, so I could, I, I was shocked that uh, this young man had that experience. And so um, I was like, wow, you know, the actor who portrayed Colin Kaepernick as a, as a young teen 
His name is Jaden Michael. He did a phenomenal job. Another spoiler alert is that there was a scene where he was getting his hair braided. And one scene, the hair was braided unprofessionally. And then there was another scene where the hair was braided professionally, which now takes us into the topic of the state of Afro hair. So again, to give context to the topic, um, it is definitely birthed out of um, my four-part interview with my protege, T.C. Lewis of WOVU, um, which is a local community radio station here in Cleveland, Ohio. She and I took the journey. Uh, she has a background in journalism. I have a background in nosy as hell, talk too much. Uh, <laughs> so um, together, uh, we put together a four-part interview series with the approval of Cheryl Morrow, who is the daughter and the heir uh, to Dr. Willie Morrow's California Curl Empire. And so the four-part series brought about the need to understand the state of Afro hair here in the United States of America and on the heads of hair on people of African ancestry. So these are the takeaways uh, from the interview as well as uh, these takeaways. They highlight the state of Afro hair. Okay, so number one, we want to make sure that everybody understands the state of Afro hair as we know it today in America and around the world is directly related to her father, Dr. Willie Morrow. So number one, it would be Dr. Willie Morrow who uh, was awarded um, the contract with uh, the Department of Defense to teach the, the, the United States Army uh, the science and understanding of how to cut and groom Afro hair and beards. From there, there was a segue uh, into the beauty uh, industry from a master barber, which is what Dr. Willie Morrow was. So we have to make it abundantly clear that the state of Afro hair and its very infantile stage, the beginning, it started with this master barber who began to train and open up the doors to understand and the need to style, cut, coiffure, you know, um, and, and all of that uh, and altered when it comes to Afro hair. So that's the beginning. And then also the state of Afro hair uh, when it comes to how what to use on it. Remember, hair care and hairstyling are about what? The right products, the right tools, and the right techniques. So this is something that Dr. Willie Morrow pioneered as he mass-produced um, the Afro comb that he invented, and he brought over the pick from Africa to the America, you know, the United States of America, North America, for it to be mass produced so that we could comb our hair. He also produced a film, a documentary that you can watch for free on YouTube titled 400 Years Without a Comb. Now, I will not do a spoiler alert and uh, uh, and tell you uh, what that means. I encourage you to go to my YouTube channel and listen to his daughter explain 400 Years Without a Comb. 
So um, that sentence alone um, helps you understand the state of Afro hair here in America and on the various, various, the millions and hundreds and thousands of heads of hair of people of African ancestry. So now we see the the state was that we didn't have a comb, we didn't have a pig, you know, all this stuff. And Dr. Willie Morrow pioneered that today. It's much better. We have better tools. So a lot of the tools that we are using today is a direct result of Dr. Willie Morrow's three inventions, which would, I'm sorry, four inventions, which would be the comb, the pick, the lift pick, the little the wire lift picks that we use, and then also the thermal nozzle that we put onto the uh, blow dry as an attachment and using that to comb through the Afro hair to blow it out. So he would be responsible for that as it relates to the state of Afro hair, and then last but not least, he is known for the invention of the California curl, also known as the Jerry curl, and every other theoglycolate, uh, ammonium theoglycolate palm, cold weight palm, let me repeat that, and all other ammonium theoglycolate cold weight palm, cold weight palms um, that was birthed out of his California curl. So whether you're talking about Carefree Curl, Wave Nouveau, well not Wave Nouveau, they have a little different one. So whether you're talking about uh, Jerry Curl, Carefree Curl, Leisure Curl, uh, Worlds of Curls, S Curl, and yes, even the Gina Curl, you are talking about Dr. Willie Morrow's California Curl, okay? Um, so here, that you know, uh, assess the tone for the state of Afro hair was that in the beginning, there was nothing for our hair. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Nothing. And this man single-handedly changed that. And so here we are today where we're having people who just do not quite understand the importance and the need um, uh, uh, for that, 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 um, that that contribution to be, you know, continued and, and further examined. Uh, the next takeaway would definitely uh, lead um, up into um, the actual study of Afro hair. So we know that the cosmetology school is not the place to have this study. So we definitely recommend that the study of Afro hair goes up to, uh, you know, a higher education wouldn't it be nice to have Afro hair uh, as a discipline in higher education? What do you think? Go to my YouTube channel. Drop some of your comments in the chat. I love to hear from you. Or if you want to, you can definitely email me at ladoshaw at yahoo.com. And I'll holler right back at you. Um, next up, she talked about gerontocracy. This is a word I'm not familiar with. But to make a long story short, Gerontocracy is all about old people who do not want to get out of the way. So she talked about how that impedes the progress, the legacy for us to do what? Understand, grow past uh, the state of Afro hair and take us into the new millennium, the 21st century, because we are space age Africans. And she highly recommends that the state of Afro hair, uh, new needs, current needs be addressed through STEM. That's right, guys. Science, technology, 
engineering and mathematics. We can do this. And then, of course, she gave a little segue into using um, natural uh, uh, resources and how to um, take them and turn them into, you know, chemicals and things like that that can be used for the hair safely. Okay, and uh, if you watch the videos, you'll understand why that process is important as well. She also talked about the need to unite uh, the state of Afro hair. We need unity, not blame. There is infinite potential to what we can do, but blaming is not the answer. Unity is the answer to the state of Afro hair in America because taking information uh, from the from the public and pouring it into the uh, into the scope of practice of cosmetology which is really all about public safety and sanitation is not a good thing so terms like uh, natural hair uh, 4a and 2b and you know 2c these are not scientific concepts these are all concepts coming from the public which are being poured into you know the milady's book of cosmetology it should not be that way the science the study of all hair textures and types should come from within the disciplines of all of all that's you know used to teach cosmetology so we're talking about you know anatomy physiology so on and so forth not TikTok, not youtube not social media and most definitely definitely not google and not youtube and not podcast okay um also um she talked about four that's right four um uh, pillars of excellence that can be used specifically for those of us who want to specialize in afro hair care to excel in our careers and those would be expertise um Education. I'm sorry, let me repeat that again. Uh, that would be education, elevate, expertise, and economics. Those four pillars are important to those of us who want to uh, grow in our careers as people who are specifically or primarily working with Afro-textured hair because we don't have the, the competitive advantage that the bigger companies have like Paul Mitchell, L'Oreal, we have to do things in a more intimate, more communal uh, context. And so these four principles of education, elevating ourselves, uh, be, you know, uh, the, the expertise of Afro hair and the economics are very, very essential. Um, I'm going to recommend that if you are a licensed professional listening to this, uh, please and you and you reside in Ohio, please join the OAB, that is the Ohio Association of Beauticians, because we are going to streamline the education of Afro hair from that organization. It would be much easier uh, to have uh, Afro cosmetology is what we're coining this new language here uh, into one central location. So if you become a member of the Ohio Association, also known as the OAB, you'll have access much faster uh, to the education of Afro hair uh, in the context of continuing education units. That's one. 
Two, you'll be able to get all of the learning material, the new learning material of Afrocosmetology coming out of the OAB. And of course, Cheryl Morrow will be at the helm, uh, the head, you know, uh, uh, birthing uh, this movement of Afrocosmetology. And then, of course, you know, last but not least, uh, again, we want you guys, you know, to become members, and then that way we can have what economics, that's right, we can begin to do special things for people with Afro-textured hair or people of African ancestry with Afro-textured hair, okay? So I hope you guys have found this podcast very informative and full of pertinent and relatable, you know, uh, uh, information and material. I hope that you guys are listening like, okay, I know what's all about that. So the state of Afro hair is that we need to put it in its proper context of a discipline that it is respected and it needs to be uh, researched and understood and treated properly and accordingly. The, the flip side of taking it from the outside, you know, of novices, of people who have no context, who are trying to understand or who believes uh, um, in the understanding of Afro hair from a Eurocentric, you know, standpoint is not good. It is no big secret that the foundation of altering hair in the world of cosmetology and barbering is 100% emphatically coming from straight hair. So we color hair, we, you know, we relax hair, you know, all of that is taught, you know, uh, on mannequins, you know, uh, with straighter textures and, you know, the cross section of the skin, you know, they just began. It's only been in the past 10 to 15 years that Afro hair mannequins um, were, uh, were even a part of the kit, you know, um, uh, of cosmetology. So look at how many years cosmetology and barbering has been in existence. And it's only been in the past 10 to 15 years that they just started to use or bring in or introduce an Afro hair mannequin. Uh, also, we see segregation in the education of cosmetology, where now they have a, a, a book dedicated to what? Natural hair. And again, not good language. Not good language. So that is the state of Afro hair. And we need you guys' support. If you are not a cosmetologist, you can still participate. Number one, watch the videos. Number two, email me at w at yahoo.com and say, I want in. I want to be a part of, you know, the process of making Afro hair a discipline uh, in higher education. All right, guys. Thank you so, 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 so very much. And don't forget, I know you guys are like, is it? Yes, it is still true that what they don't tell you at the hair salon was rated as one of the top 
20 hairstylist podcasts to listen to uh, in 2021. So we hope you're going to listen to us again uh, for the rest of the year, okay? So thank you guys so very much. And thank you, Fees. But I love to acknowledge that you guys, you know, gave me it's just, you know, some recognition. I appreciate that very much. Don't forget to share the podcast and share the information on YouTube. And you know what I say when I'm always signing out, right? It's always about a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hair. No, I'm saying it all wrong. It's always a whole lot of peace, a whole lot of love, and a whole lot of hair. And if you ain't got no hair, don't want no hair, can't stand hair, you plan on cutting it off, but you still like listening to hair porn? You know what I say? Don't worry about it. Just wrap your beautiful bald head. Why? Because bald heads are always, always, always beautiful too. Do things. Thank you.